God's protection and provision for baby Jesus and his family. God wants you to be completely confident in his love, protection and provision for you, no matter what comes in the future, even amid trials, even amid his judgments if they are necessary. But there are conditions. God says, I will look after you if. And you can see about what some of these conditions are. Primarily, it's obedience. He shows us in his word how he's protected, guided, provided for people in the past so that we can have confidence that he can do it again. Like the old song said, what he's done for others, he will do for you. So when we see it in the word of God, this builds faith, especially in this story about Jesus, because Jesus was invited into Mary's life. In other words, she was the first person to invite Jesus into her life. That to me speaks of someone becoming a Christian and inviting Jesus in. So when we watch God's protection of Jesus in her life, in her family, and how he watched over and protected them because of Jesus in them, then we can be confident that he will watch over and protect us because of Jesus in us. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, we're asking that you'll supernaturally work in our lives and bring the truth to us, Father, in a way that cannot possibly be denied and that you will show us exactly how it applies to us today and how we can walk in the fullness of what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for a background scripture, I'm going to read 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 to 10, where he says this, And don't forget that he reduced to ashes the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, condemning them to ruin and destruction. God appointed them to be examples as to what is coming to the ungodly. Yet he rescued a righteous man, Lot, suffering the indignity of the unbridled lusts of the lawless. For righteous Lot lived among them day after day, distressed in his righteous soul, by the rebellious deeds he saw and heard. And the point is, it's like a picture for us. Lot was in the world, but he wasn't of the world. And when he saw the sin and the decadence, it grieved him continually. But he was righteous. They were facing up to judgments. Now, at that time, Abraham prayed if there were even 10 righteous people, God would spare the city. But there wasn't. So God's judgment came on Sodom and Gomorrah, but God protected Lot. And then Peter writes that that all happened to show people today that God's plan is to bring judgment on those that don't accept him, don't receive his love, don't follow Jesus, that eventually they have to give an account and it's going to be as serious and as powerful as what happened to these cities. So verse 9 says, If the Lord Yahweh rescued Lot, he knows how to continually rescue the godly from their trials and, in a parallel journey, reserve the ungodly for punishment on the day of judgment. And this especially applies to those whose lives despise authorities and who abandon themselves to chasing the depraved lusts of their flesh. So the point for us is, if God rescued Lot, he put it in his word to encourage us, to inform us, to bring faith to us, 
And we know that it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. God can and will look after you, even if he has to bring his judgments in your lifetime to those around you. God can look after you, but there's always the condition that we need to be obedient. See, God looked after Noah when God's judgment came on the whole world, but Noah had to build an ark and Noah had to get into the ark when God said to. Isaac had to stay where he was and he sowed in the year of famine when nobody else got a crop. Isaac got 100-fold return. Amen. And like I said, Lot and his daughters ran. God said, don't look back. Now Lot's wife looked back. She disobeyed God. She didn't get rescued, protected and provided, but the others did. Joseph and his family were provided for by God, all of God's people, because Joseph obeyed and God showed him. Amen. In Goshen, the people of God at the last of the 10 plagues had to stay in the house. Stay in the house. Don't leave the church, in other words. Stay in the house and then the death angel passed by because of the blood of Jesus that was on the doors. Again, obedience. And then when his people went across the Red Sea, they got to the other side. The Egyptians tried to follow them across. They were defeated. So God protected his people in the Red Sea. He protected them in, in the land of Goshen. None of the 10 plagues affected them there because they were in God's place of protection provision and safety. And I want to encourage you, it's going to take obedience. To some he says go, to others he doesn't. And one of the things Jesus said, when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. We have to actually obey that. See, if Jesus said, when they persecute you here, flee like Lot did. It's no use staying there against God's will and walking around confessing, I'm protected from persecution. Because if you didn't flee when Jesus said to, you're not protected. Amen. Your protection is in the obedience. When God brought judgment against wicked King Ahab and his kingdom in the days of Elijah, Elijah went where God said to go. He said what God told him to say. He prayed the will of God, even though he could have suffered in it. And then he went down to the brook and later to the widow of Zarephath. God provided for him, even though everybody else had complete shortage. So there's nothing for you to worry about. Even if there are shortages all around, God can provide for you. And we're looking today at Jesus' story. Remember, the series theme is by what he has done. God is growing your faith in him for what he will do for you. And with baby Jesus, our theme is what can we learn about God's protection and provision through baby Jesus' story? Number one today, God saved and protected Jesus and Mary who housed him. Amen. He was in the womb of Mary. God saved and protected Jesus and Mary while he was in the womb. Starting this story in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 24. As he considered this, this is speaking about Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, 
for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 24, When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until the son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So Joseph was engaged to Mary in their culture, and at their time in history, this was as serious as marriage itself. In other words, adultery could break this covenant, and that would be the end of it. And not only that, if a young woman was found in adultery, she would be in a lot of trouble. Could be reported to the town elders, and under the Old Testament law, they probably had to take her out and stone her. So Jesus in Mary was threatened. And we know that even in our day, in our generation, one of the most dangerous places for a human to be is in the womb of the parent or the mother because the baby cannot defend itself. And yet there are so many in these generations that have been aborted and killed because of the serving of the gods of pleasure and the lust of the flesh. Amen. There are other reasons for abortion. We're not going into that. But Jesus had to be protected in the womb. And what it came down to was that God spoke to Joseph by an angel in a dream and just said, do not expose her to public shame. Don't divorce her. You take her as your wife because what's in her is from the Holy Spirit. So Joseph obeyed and this protected Jesus and thus Mary. And basically it brought a lot of the guilt onto Joseph himself because people would have wrongly assumed that if she's pregnant before wedlock and he married her, that he was the father and he had done the wrong thing. It's not true, but he had to wear that when he took her as his wife, no doubt. So remember, Jesus has been born again in you. And for some that you're praying for, it's almost like they're pregnant with Jesus, but they're not born again yet. They haven't really got him coming to birth in their life. We're praying them through, and maybe they're baby Christians. They've invited Jesus in like Mary did, but he hasn't come into full size yet. And so these people have got to be prayed. But God can protect Jesus in them and thus protect them. And if you've got Jesus in your heart, God can protect him in you too. Amen. So what was the first point today? Number one, God saved and protected Jesus and Mary while he was in the womb. Number two, God provided shelter and the perfect prophetic birthplace for Jesus. This is such an amazing story. Luke chapter two, verses one to seven. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Some translations say taxed, or it could be thought of as a census. But for some reason, they all had to go to their birthplace. Amen. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger 
because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I know as a young boy, I was always confused about this because our chooks used to lay eggs. And it says here, she laid him in a manger. And I thought that's what they referred to as giving birth. But it means she placed him in the manger. That's that's all it means. It was very confusing for me at the time. But you've got to think about this story. How amazing is it? A government decision got them to where God needed them to be. And sometimes government decisions can get you into where God needs you to be. Sometimes it's a decision by a parent. Sometimes it might be by your boss or circumstances. But God can get you to where he needs you to be when he needs you to be there. It may feel uncomfortable, and I'm sure they didn't enjoy this long journey. They didn't certainly didn't enjoy it when they got there, and there was no room for them anywhere to stay because of all the visitors that had come to be registered there. But thankfully, there was one place for them to stay. Now, it just mentions manger, but I guess the manger was normally in the barn or some shed for the animals or something like that. So they went out and stayed there and Jesus was born there and she laid them in the manger. That's what's important because as we read on in this story, when the shepherds were sent to see baby Jesus, the angel said, you'll see a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger, which is a sign to the shepherds because he was the one true spotless lamb of God that was to be sacrificed for the sins of the world. It's the only place for this lamb to be born in Bethlehem where I believe that the sacrificial lambs were raised up right there to be sent into the temple. This was perfect. It was brilliant. And so God was able to not only bring them into a safe place, a dry place, a place where she could give birth, somewhere to put the baby, but it was absolutely prophetically a spot-on bullseye target place from what the prophets had said. This is so, so important. In Micah 5, 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel. It's Jesus's prophetically declared birthplace, the birthplace of the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God, and God got them there. So don't worry about where you're supposed to be. God will get you to where you need to be and he can protect you there without any trouble whatsoever because God is a genius. Now, of course, after Joseph had the dream and he's sticking with Mary, he knows one thing, that's not my baby. Mary says it came from an angel and the Holy Spirit. But you can be sure that there would have been nagging doubts in his head and his heart. So what happens next in the story would bring great peace to him with great confirmation. And God is able to provide confirmation for you as well. Now, let's read Luke chapter 2, verses 18 to 20. Now, there were in the country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ 
the Lord. Amazing. Even at his birth, he was called Lord. And this will be a sign to you. It's a sign to the shepherds. But what the angel said will certainly be a confirmation to Mary and Joseph. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Now, maybe these swaddling cloths were what they wrapped up these sacrificial lambs in. We can only read between the lines. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. I like the translation that says, Peace on earth to those on whom God's favour rests. It's not peace to everybody, that's for sure. Because remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Let's just move on for now. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So, for Mary and Joseph, awesome confirmation. For the shepherds, seeing a baby in the manger, confirmation that the vision that they had seen of angels was really from God. Amen. I believe God's going to give you confirmation when you need it. Amen. Sometimes you proceed by faith because you know what you have to do. Sometimes you proceed by faith without knowing what you have to do. And sometimes you need confirmation and God can give it because he said, Every word of God will be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Amen. Number three, God provided them a house. I love this because what this means is that they didn't stay out in the stable with the baby in the manger forever. I don't know how long they had to stay out there, but no doubt after a while some of the people from the census went home and they were just able to move into a house. Let's read what it says. Now I'm going to jump over now to Matthew chapter 2, where we read about the wise men, just reading along. First of all, it says the wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, and they're asking, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Because they saw his star, and they were following it. Then they went to see the king. The king called in all the scribes and the chief priests and said, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? They quoted out of the book of Micah, and they said, He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. So Herod sent the wise men off to Bethlehem, said, go and search diligently for the child. When you find him, tell me where he is so that, you know, I can come and worship him too. But Herod was a liar. He was a killer. Herod may have been in the government, but that doesn't mean he didn't represent the devil. And he was full of the devil. And right there, you see the spirit of anti-Christ at work. This is a spirit. So Herod typifies all antichrists after that. Amen. So off the wise men went from Jerusalem. Then they saw the star again, and they came right into Bethlehem, and the star hovered over the place 
where Jesus was. Amen. It doesn't say manger there. Now read verses 10 and 11 of Matthew chapter 2. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. You know, that kind of joy is a sure sign that it is God. Because the Bible says in Psalm 16, 11, in his presence is fullness of joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Now, I just want you to notice here that God provided for them a house. They weren't living on the street. They weren't in a tent. They weren't in the stable. They weren't on the road. They weren't in prison. They weren't vagabonds. They were in the house. And God can provide for you, even if you have to flee from where you are. Like I said, if you're persecuted in this city, flee to another one. Even if you have to flee, God can provide for you. If you're young and you like living on the streets, go for it. But if you're older or married, you have little children and you need a house, God can provide a house for you. And I know that somebody needs this message today. You're being threatened with being thrown out of where you live. And remember that God can provide a house for Jesus in you. And you might be like Mary and Joseph. You've got Jesus with you. You just get the benefit of the overflow. But God provided a house for Jesus then, and he will provide one for you too. Amen. Now, for an example, we're going to look at the rich young ruler and the disciples. Then Jesus, looking at him, the rich young ruler loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. Then Peter began to say to Jesus, Look, we've now the story is that when Jesus spoke to the rich young ruler, he said, I've kept all the rules, I've done this, I've loved my parents, I've done the other thing. Jesus said, You only lack one thing. Sell what you have, give the money to the poor, come follow me. And then because he had great wealth, he refused to do it. And he went away sad. Not like the wise men who came in full of joy, because they were following the will of God. He refused the will of God, went away sad, and he counted his riches of greater treasure. The fleeting riches of this life are greater treasure than being in the will of God and being right with God. A very foolish mistake. And then the disciples got concerned about this, so they asked Jesus a question. And Peter began to say to him, See, we've left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house. Just look at that first one. There's no one who has left house, or brother or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my sake and the gospel's, in other words, they're not just leaving it because they couldn't pay the rent or couldn't make the payments. They're leaving because they're following the will of God, the call of God and the purpose of God. Jesus said in verse 30, Such a person shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses left one house to follow Jesus. Joseph and Mary left their nice, comfortable place in Nazareth to be where God needed them to be. And he provided a house. And Jesus said, here, if you do this and follow me, there'll be a hundredfold houses now in this time and in the life to come, eternal life. That is amazing. 
And I can testify right now that Jesus spoke to Rosanna and me when we were fairly new Christians and said, sell what you have, give the money to the poor, come follow me. Just like he said to the rich young ruler, we had to give away a lot of our music equipment. We had to give away a lot of our house equity and other things. And we followed Jesus with that. But ever since then, we've had houses wherever we need to be. Amen. Not always exactly what you want. They're not all palaces, but a lot of them are a lot better than we can expect. I haven't got time for all those stories now, but God has certainly provided places for us to stay at least a hundred times in the last 40 years. And for this, I give him all the praise and all the glory. So remember, God provided a house when they needed it, and God can provide for you a caveat as long as you are obedient and following his call. Amen. Because remember, he said, God knows what you have need of before you ask him. Great, isn't it? All right. So number four, God provided for their exile. Matthew 2.11. And when they had come into the house, again, back to the wise men, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasuries, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Certainly, if we don't put a high value on frankincense and myrrh, certainly we understand that gold has an intrinsic value and it was a very, very wealthy gift for them to receive. The wise men didn't know that in a very short time they'd be heading for Egypt to escape the death of Herod and his henchmen. They didn't know that. The wise men didn't know it. But God provided astounding wealth for this humble family. The devil's antichrist spirit was out to kill Jesus. So the wise men got a message from God. Get out of here. Don't go back to Herod. Just go home another way. They had already done what they came to do and they provided. Amen. This is providence. This is God seeing in advance and providing timely provision for what they needed. And I can tell you about the times God's given us cars when we needed it or loaned cars to us and all kinds of things. Guitars, Rosanna's little black guitar, you'll probably see it at time, her playing it. That was provided completely. A man walked into church and he said, I've had this under my bed, this is for you. Right when she was praying for one of those guitars, because it'd be a lot easier to use for a mission trip because it's so short, comes in a soft bag, you can stow it in the overhead locker in an aeroplane. Amen. And besides that, it's a very good, very expensive guitar. And Rosanna uses it more than some of her others because it's lighter and she can play it all day without getting injuries from her back being twisted. Amen. Father knows what you have need of before you ask him, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 8. He knows what you need. Be confident in his goodness, his love. He's a father. He's got everything you need in mind. Amen. Again, it's up to us to obey because this is a partnership. We have our part, which is obey, live by faith, live with burning hot love, look after the poor widows and orphans, be worshippers in spirit and in truth, walk in the spirit, live in the spirit. We know what God tells us to do. And then when he says, jump, you jump. Amen. Number five, God protected Jesus and his family from Herod. We're in Matthew 2. This is verses 12 to 15. 
Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they, the wise men, should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, this is the middle of the night. Get up. When? Tomorrow when it's about midday? No. Get up now. Amen. Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now it's talking of Joseph. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. It takes obedience to walk in safety and protection. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Amen. So Herod, as I said, is typical of the Antichrist spirit, which is rampant in the world around us today. Self-promotion. Spirit of the Antichrist. He was out to steal, to kill and destroy. He just wanted to persecute and kill Jesus to protect his own kingdom. This is Satan at work through government or authority. Amen. Did Mary and Joseph submit to the government in this situation? No, they didn't because they would have got Jesus killed if they had have done that. God warned Joseph of the impending persecution. Joseph had to obey to stay in God's protection or to stay under the shadow of the Almighty, amen, under his feathers. Later, Jesus said, Matthew 10, 23, I've quoted this a couple of times, but here it is. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. Jesus fled his country as a refugee stayed in exile for some time. So he knows what it's like to be a refugee. So if you're a refugee and you're listening to this, Jesus understands you far more than you could ever imagine because he's had to do this himself. Amen. Thank God that God provided for him in advance and Joseph was just able to drop and flee. Amen. Praise the Lord. And number six, God moved them again to the prophesied place for Jesus to be raised. Let's read it now. Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 to 23. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee and came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Isn't that amazing? God got him right into the place he needed to be. He needed to be birthed at Bethlehem. It needed to be exiled in Egypt to fulfill the scripture out of Egypt I've called my son. And then when they came back, he needs to be raised in Nazareth because prophetically it says he will be a Nazarene. You see, obeying God's word keeps you in God's protection, provision, safety, blessing, joy, life in the right place. Amen. So, God took them to the place of their assignment. It's a place called there. Remember when Elijah was sent by God to the brook 
It says the ravens will feed you there. Go to Zarephath and the widow will feed you there. There is a place called there and we all need to be in it. Amen. In that place called there for them, which was Nazareth, not only did it fulfill the prophetic place for Jesus to be raised, to take on the culture and to be looked after and protected. Joseph prospered there as a carpenter. He and Mary had a large family. Mary and Joseph didn't die too young. They were looked after. They were fed. They were able to raise a family. Awesome. Jesus grew up in safety in his family's culture. He learned about God and the history, no doubt down at the local synagogue. And he was safe, protected and provided in an atmosphere of love and family. He was in the place God needed him to be. And God, as I keep saying, can get you into that place if you obey him and go into that place, you will be saved no matter what goes on in the future. If he says to you, leave the city, move to the country, then do it. Yeah, but they haven't got the theatres and the restaurants there. So God knows where you need to be. He can look after you wherever it is. Amen. But it's only a small country town. You might be one day very, very glad that you ended up in a small country town when nobody came looking for you and gave you trouble. Amen. Number seven, God protected and provided for Jesus while he submitted to his parents. Luke 2, 51 to 52. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The boy Jesus stayed in submission to his parents. He increased in that place where he was. Under that covering, he increased in wisdom, stature, and favor. Amen. This is so, so important. If you stay in the house, God has assigned to you. You stay in submission to the parents of that house, so to speak. You can grow in all of these ways as well. Growing in wisdom, growing in stature, growing in favor with God. See, Jesus didn't have favor with God automatically he had to grow in that favor just like we do listen to what the bible says in john chapter 10 verse 17 therefore my father loves me because now the word because in there implies that god's love for jesus wasn't unconditional my father loves me because there's a reason father loves me because i lay down my life that I may take it again. And I want to encourage you today, stay in the house. Stay in the place God has assigned for you. If he says move, move. But he'll have a house there for you, even though it might not be what you've left behind. And even though you may have to be in a stable with a manger for a while, but it's all fulfilling prophecy and God's plan and purpose for your life. God will look after you. He'll give you a house if you need it. He'll give you providential provision so that you can go where you have to go. But at other times, you have to step out by faith and leave God provides on the way. Other times he says, go there and I'll provide when you get there. Like with Elijah, God can look after you. He can protect you, provide safety for you, give you provision but you need to obey him and stay under his covering and be very, very humble and accept 
the plan God has for your life. So what can we learn about God's provision and protection through baby Jesus' story? Number one, God saved and protected Jesus and Mary while he was in Mary's womb. Number two, God provided shelter and the perfect prophetic birthplace for Jesus. Three, God provided confirmation through angels and shepherds. Amen. And then God provided them a house. Amen. Number four, God provided for their exile. Number five, God protected Jesus and his family from Herod. Number six, God moved them again to the prophesied place for Jesus to be raised. And number seven, God protected and provided for Jesus while he submitted to the parents in the house. He even submitted to John the Baptist once. He submitted to the man God was using. And I want to encourage you in this. Stay where God has assigned you to be. It's not about self-promotion because that's the spirit that drove Herod. It's not about ambition. It's about God has all the ambition for you that you need. It's staying in submission to Father, to Jesus as your Lord. Because remember, Jesus stayed in submission to his Father right up to the point of death on the cross. But because he did the will of God, God exalted him to the place of highest honour. So I want to encourage you today. What can we learn? God has prophesied the future. He has prophesied and pre-planned place for you called there. He will provide and protect you there. The Antichrist spirit is determined to kill Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, and he will try to kill you because Jesus is in you. But faith in God and obedience to him is your only sure protection. So what should we do? Believe in God and his goodness and love. Keep your eyes on what he's done for people in the past and know that he can do it for you. Obey him. Stay in the place called there and expect providence. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone hearing this message today that you will work in their hearts, that you'll bring them complete revelation of what the word of God says and bring them into that place of learning how to trust you and to expect your protection and provision for them no matter what unfolds in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, today you might not have received Jesus. You might not be like Mary. When the angel said, the Holy Spirit's coming on you and Jesus is going to come inside you, she said, yes. Maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus coming inside you today. You can do it right now. And what this is based on is just simply those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do we call on him? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why is this rising from the dead important? Because he died for your sin. If it hadn't been paid for in full, he wouldn't have been able to rise. He rose from the dead because he's alive and is your living Lord and Saviour today. He can guide you, guard you, protect you, keep you safe. So today I'm encouraging you to say this prayer after me. Receive Jesus, invite him into your life. Jesus said the change this brings is so radical, such a transformation that he calls it being born again. Your name will be in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can be assured of eternal life if you keep following Jesus. So say this prayer after me. Jesus, just repeat that. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
I turn from my old life of independence from you. I receive you today, Jesus, as my Saviour. I confess that you are my Lord. I receive your new birth right now. I want to be a Christian. And by your grace, I will follow you from this day forward in obedience to you as my Lord. And I'm asking for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer and really meant it, I believe you're born again, that your new life in Jesus starts right now. If you know some Christians, tell them. Remember to read your Bible every day. Keep talking to God. And if you've got absolutely no one to tell, speak to us in the comments section, write to us on Messenger, or search us out somehow and let us know. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching today.